This is Kieran with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it's time for Avoid the Maze. And I have on a very interesting guest today. I'm so glad we had a few minutes before we went live to get some conversation going. Um, his name is Nick Lagan, and uh, I'm a little bit surprised, Nick, because when you popped up on the screen, um, I really thought you were like early 20s, and now I'm learning uh, no. you've been there, and now you're on another venture in, in age and life. Um, yeah. And one of the things I usually tell people that age is really just a number. Uh, we can do anything we want at any time. We just have to take the steps forward. So what interested me about Nick when I uh, was, when we were matched together on podmatch.com and podmatch.com is not a dating site, everybody. It is a site where you meet other podcasters, coaches, uh, people who are on a journey that um, may be similar to yours. And so when I read your bio, Nick, it was like, oh my gosh, this is somebody I really want to have on. So Nick comes from uh, up north. And when I say up north from Canada, it's one of the neighbors of the U.S., mm -hmm. but you're traveling in the United States right now. So give us a little bit of background. Yeah, we, uh, my girlfriend and I have been um, traveling the U.S. in an RV for the past five and a half months now, just over five months, something between five and six months. We started in Montreal, and, well, outside Montreal to, like I was telling you, the last place I lived in Canada was in the woods, log house on top of a mountain, and I developed three businesses when I was down there. I just, that's all I did. I had, I needed to just hide myself somewhere. I did my nine to five, and I just worked 100 hours maybe more a week that's all i did was develop my side hustles so that i could do it full time five and a half months ago i quit my sales engineering job that i've been at for 12 years so i i left my high paying job to a hundred percent concentrate on me and me and my businesses i mean and yeah it's been five and a half months i grew three businesses three i have five full-time employees now wrote my first book and now my social media right now are just, I'm finding my groove and everything's exploding. So it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's life is very, very interesting right now. It's um, when you have the balls to do what needs to get done, what your heart tells you you should do and not care about what other people think. It is amazing how it does not take long to realize that, people are going to be put on your path to help you. You're going to be put on other people's path to help them. You're going to also start to realize that there is something greater than us all. Call it God, call it nature, call it the universe. Doesn't matter to me how you call it, but there is a force out there that is helping. If you are truly doing what your purpose is, the reason you were put on this earth if you're living that and you're living it a hundred percent and you're ready to risk it all the the universe conspires to help you and this is what i'm seeing day in day out for the past three years so so you said you're seeing it you've seen it for the last three years but there must have been something in you when you were younger that said i'm just not satisfied um i just need to 
take this to the next step or to another step, finding that fork in the road? I've always been a, you know, this is one of the biggest problem that I have with today's society is our education system. I quit school. I was 15 years old and I quit school because I thought I was stupid. The education system made me believe that I was stupid because I did not learn the way they wanted me to learn. I did not fit in that tiny box that says this is how somebody needs to behave. I'm... You know, I have ADHD, never taken medication for it because through exercise and meditation, not only do I control it, but it's a superpower for me. I'm capable of working 10 hours in a, in a row, no problem. My girlfriend will just come by, give me a coffee, give me like refill my tea, and I'm just extremely focused. So the point is that I realized this a long time ago that I was not like other people, but unfortunately, I grew up without a father. I didn't have a strong male character to teach me what it meant to be a man. So I did not understand this. So I did from 14 to 21, I sold drugs. All I did is party. I was addicted to drugs. I was selling them to support my habits until one day I decided to do something. And really I, I, I faced my potential in my early twenties to say, is this it for you, bro? Are you going to continue down that? Exactly. Like you said, there was a fork in the street in the road and it's really, continue doing what you're doing. You're just going to go deeper or remove everything from your life. Start from zero and concentrate hundred percent on what your heart is telling you. That's 20 years ago. And I've been living my life a hundred, a hundred miles per hour ever since then. But it's really that like I've known since I was about 14 years old that I wasn't normal. I don't have a regular mentality. I don't think like the average person does. And it explains why I don't have a lot of friends. I don't get along with a lot of people in that extent because I'm too demanding. Like I'm extremely demanding of myself, but I'm extremely demanding of the people around me as well. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's. I'm... It does. And, you know, there was another reason that I was drawn to your bio of my youngest son, who is 32 um, at the age of six, after living this very so-called normal life, we got a diagnosis <laughs> that he was on the autism spectrum. So, so he's brilliant. So he's absolutely brilliant. You got yeah. it. You got yeah. it. Yeah. But, you know, everybody told us, well, this is how you have to treat him. This is how you have to nope. educate him. And, you know, we went along with about this much, yeah. but then we said, no, what do you love? What, what really fuels your fire um you know he made it all the way through high school he did go to college but he struggled for the same reasons i can hear you did is yeah. that nobody understood yeah. how he was learning and he's a sponge but when you make him do trivial things he just can't do them and i've seen that now that he's in the business world and uh he just moved uh, not out, only out of our home, but he moved out of state a thousand miles away. Um, and he's learning that, uh, hey, I'm not going to do this like everybody else. Yep. And he told the company he's working for, and they said, show us how you're going to do it. So he's very lucky that he found the job that he loves and people who understand that 
you know what? He's going to get the job done, but he's going to get it done his way. I don't think he's lucky. That's not a word you should, you should use. I think he's, I think he's blessed. I don't believe in luck. I think he's blessed for one. He's blessed to have had parents that decided not to listen to what the specialist says, because if you know, I'm sure that I can have a conversation with your son and we're going to, we're going to connect right away just because we do not learn. I, I get very emotional about this because this is something that really pisses me off. I was 10, I was led to believe I was stupid. And now today I can look at it and say this with the, it's going to sound very cocky what I'm going to say, but I am smarter than 99.9% of people out there. And all the things that made me believe that I was stupid are all the reasons why I'm smarter than the average person. The same thing is true about your son. It's not because I, we don't learn in a way where somebody talks to me. If you tell me what I'm supposed to learn, let me do the research. I'll do the research. I'll do everything I need to do. Tell me what I'm supposed to do by the end of something. Tell me what the goal is. I'll figure out how to get there. I don't need you to tell me. I'll do it faster, better than you can ever teach me either way. And I'm sure your son is exactly the same as that. You are exactly. Yeah. It is true. And I found that for myself as when he went away to college, um, my thought was, I was always told in school almost the same thing. I wasn't told I was stupid, but I was told you're just not grasping it, yep. you know, and you know, you should be capable of getting A's, but you're getting C's and B's. And I would say, but I don't understand the practicality of this. Yep, and if exactly. I don't understand that, yep. but when I went back to school and got my master's, I did it online for one major reason so that I, I was given a goal each week and I had to find a way to get to that goal. Um, and that's a very interesting thing that you talk about with education, because most of our schools, they just go by the book. And yep. if you don't, you don't fit, you don't fit. So when you left school at 15, I'm going to go back to that time. Sure. Um, how did, How'd your mother react? Because I'm sure as a parent, she wanted to see her son succeed and maybe this didn't look like it. I have a um, love and hate relationship with my mother. If I can be quite frank with you, the I have very strong beliefs when it comes to what a man is and what a man should be. Like I, I believe in gender roles. I believe there's things I do better than a woman and vice versa. There's a re I'm with a more traditional, my girlfriend is more traditional. I'm a more traditional man when it comes to, I believe a man's a provider. I believe a man's is a protector. I believe that a woman is better at taking care of a family. Look at any great family out there. It's always held together by a woman. Always. If there's a great family, it is a woman that's holding, that is the glue to that family because it makes sense. They're more compassionate. They're more empathic. They care more. Why do you think 70% of people in uh, the medical field right now, 86% to be quite exact, but more than 70% of students in medical school right now are women. Why? Wow. They care more. I'd much rather have a woman doctor than a man doctor because chances are she's going to empathize with me more. But the same thing is true for engineers, right? 70% to 80% of engineering are guys because guys like things, women like people. This It's that simple. So Unfortunately, I don't have the greatest of relationship with my mother, so I don't know why she let me do what I did when I was 15. I never really had, I, I'm not able to speak about those sure. things with my mother because she's, she has a victim mentality. So as soon as I approached 
what happened, automatically she goes on the defensive saying, oh, but I didn't know better and blah, blah, blah. So like, I don't have an exact answer for you, but what I can tell you is that she wasn't able to control me. Even if she wanted to, there's nothing she could do about it. Like if, if my mind is set on something, there's not one person on this planet that can control what I'm going to do except for me. Um, well, and I think if we all understood that, okay, yep. because that's for all of us, okay, when we try to do what everybody else wants us to do, um, yep. we become puppets. And uh, when I started podcasting and blogging, that was the day that I realized it's okay to be a nice person. It's okay to help other people. But when you put yourself out of the picture doing that all the time, I mean, you don't even have to be here anymore. And I woke up that with that one morning and I just said, I don't mind helping people, but the first person I have to help is myself today. And that's not yep. being selfish because when you help no, yourself- it is it is being selfish but there's nothing wrong with being selfish this is the problematic is that we associate selfishness with something that's egotistical that's something that's narcissistic it's not if how do you become the best parent by taking care of yourself leading by example showing your kids what a great parent is if you haven't worked on yourself prior to having children what are you going to teach them it always okay. starts it always starts with the self any relationship today when i first met my girlfriend three four years ago i i was still messing around i was still having fun with women i did not necessarily want to settle down she had the values to tell me you know what nick i'm not ready this is not what i want have a have a good life this is not what i want she had enough respect for herself because she knew who she was she knew what she said she stood for i still didn't at that point there was still some things i needed to deal with and that's okay, but it starts with me. A year after that, after spending a year in the woods by myself, I ran into her again. I saw her at a stop sign when I was in the city and I contacted her again. But this is my point. Until I had to do the work on myself, I wasn't ready for what she was asking for. I wasn't ready to be in a long-term relationship with someone because I had work to do on myself. And it all, is that selfish? No, because no. if you live... The greatest gift that you can give others is to be your true, authentic self. And without doing the work, how the hell are you supposed to know who you are if you've never done the, intros the introspection, if you've never done the inner work that's needed, that's so-called selfish nowadays? But that's where it starts. And the greatest gift I can give you, I can give the world, is be myself 100% of the time so that I can lead by example and hopefully hopefully I can inspire others to do the same. That is, wow. So you've written yeah, a book. Sorry, I go on rent sometimes. No, I, I love like, it. I love blah, 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 blah. it. I just start <laughs> ranting. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about writing a book because it seems like um, everybody either has written one or wants to write one. Yep. I'm one of those two that have thought about it, but then I just get caught up and, I'm pretty happy doing my blogs, but yep. what was it about writing a book that was important for you? I, on a, on, unlike, well, if we forget the five, the, the past five months, I normally, I normally read about 30 books a year, give or take. Like I spend normally a couple hours every morning. Cause I get up at like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. And 
I, I like to, this is where I'm creative. This is where my mind is really working. So I tend to like to read. I read, I just educate myself on different subjects. And I think that it's important. It's a skill that I wasn't taught as a kid. Nobody taught me that the importance of reading and not, I don't read novels. I don't read that type of stuff. I read, I, I love to read about psychology. I love to read about men's psychology, especially because those are the guys that I want to help. So I need to understand their mind. And there's so there's such values in those type of books. But what I find about a lot of the books today is it's too, like most subject today, we're over-specialized. We always, if you look at every single job, if you look at everything in life from A to Z, everything is siloed now. We're all looking, we're always looking for specialists in a certain field, but there's no more jack of all trade. There's no more people that are, that have more of a holistic view that learn how to step back and start looking at, oh shit, hold on, this and this, how do they not see the connection between between them? Like one of my favorite writer is uh, Graham Hancock. I don't know if you ever read some of his stuff. No. He's, uh, it's, he's brilliant. He talks a lot about the past and he tends to, um, have a very holistic view of the past and he takes what we take for granted like let's say the pyramids in Egypt or um, um, subject like Native Americans in, in in North America when they actually got here so he he takes really a very holistic view he backs out and he's like okay hold on there was a comet that hit the planet at this time and funny enough all of those little things started happening afterwards but nobody puts it together because they're so focused on tiny little portions of history that so that that's my point like this is the type of person that i am and this is what the book was about because i've been thinking about writing it for five to ten years so when i started writing it i think i wrote the whole book in about a month and a half and i would i would write every morning a couple hours i would just write 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 but it's really about a holistic view for men that are between 35 to 45 like the what we call the midlife crisis nowadays like the joke that we made out of it but it's about to explain to those men that it is normal between 35 and 45 to face a crisis because in my head there's three i this this is something that people love when i say this and i'm being very sarcastic right now but I think that depression exists, but I think that most of the people that are depressed is because they lack purpose. And men, to me, men are not depressed. Men lack purpose. Men are meant to have a reason to live because what's the point of living if your your life has no meaning? Right. I understand why somebody is depressed if every day they get up and they're like, man, what am I supposed to do today? I'll never be depressed in my life because I've always had purpose. I've always made sure that I had purpose. But it comes back to what you were saying earlier. You need to know who you are in order to find that purpose first, connect with yourself first. And this is the first section of my book is literally who are you? Because that's what it comes down to. So it's all about taking everything that I've learned over the past 10 years, everything that I connected between the mind, the body and the soul and put it in a book in a way where you can somewhat read it and say, okay, yeah, I should do those things. Maybe I should look into this. It's just a nice flow about how do you go from where you are today to actually finding what your purpose is at the age of 35 to 45, because it's not the same as in a man's life. To me, there's three, there's three purpose. The first one is for a boy to become a man, but this unfortunately is lacking today because men are not men anymore. And they're not teaching their sons, the rites of passages that 
have been around for thousands of years. We, we've lost that. But that's your first purpose as a boy is to become a man. Then a man becomes a good man. But this is normally done between 18 to 28. But mostly it hits men at 28 years old. They start realizing that they're not going to be 20 anymore. They're, the reflection that they see in the mirror is not the way they feel inside. Like they, they literally scrap their 20s partying and continuing to act like they were teenagers. And now that they are at 28, they face a realization that, oh, shit, maybe uh, I need to step up my game here. So a good man's purpose is to take care of his family, is to make sure that he becomes a protector, he becomes a provider, he has courage, he learns what temperance is, he learns self-control, and he has faith in himself, others, and the universe, God, nature. But this is the second purpose of a man is to become selfless, to put all of his energy towards his wife, his kids, his family, even if it's towards himself, but in a selfless way that when he does get a family, he's ready to take care of them. He's ready to be to take the role of a man within that family. And 35 to 45, the midlife crisis is when a man becomes self, he becomes selfish. He starts thinking about himself and what he was meant to do on this earth. Now he has experience. He has money. He's, he's taking care of his family. His family's taken care of, but it's time to take care of his own psyche. It's time to take care of himself and what his real goal. What's his real purpose? What's his contribution to this world? What is the mark that he's going to live, that he's going to leave behind? What are people going to talk about at your funerals? That's what happens. Exactly. At, but what's funny is that it comes back to what you were saying because in order to become uh in order to become selfless you become selfish so when you're younger you're selfless you take care of your family then you become selfish to work on you so that you can be the best selfless person that you can become so it's really just it's always just stages in order to lead in order to just give yourself 100% to your purpose to the people around you to the world because one man can change the world. One woman can change the world. If you impact the life of 10 people, they impact the life of 10 people, that's 100 people. They impact 10 people, that's 1,000. Another 10, that's 100,000. It's We don't realize how much impact we actually are capable of having just by being ourselves, just by leading by example, just by, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. You know, and it's it's so important it's it's more than just you know gandhi's words it's yep. words that we have to take you know and feel them uh when when i do these podcasts the interesting part that i'm finding it doesn't make any difference what part of the world somebody has come from um <clears throat> excuse me um it doesn't make any difference what the religion is it doesn't make any difference what their sexual orientation is. But those of us who woke up at some point and said, there's got to be more than everything I'm reading in the book, the news I'm listening to on TV. I've got to go outside. I got to open up my eyes. And a couple of years ago, um, I was recovering from knee surgery. And my doctor said to me, I need you to go out walking every day. Nice. And my first reaction was, oh, my knee hurts. I can't do it. But the first day I did it, I walked outside. I got down the length of my driveway. 
And all of a sudden I could feel the driveway under my feet. I'd never experienced that before. And I remember standing there for quite a while. My husband came out and he said, are you okay? I said, <laughs> do you know what it feels like here? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, come and stand next to me. But he wasn't ready to feel. Yep. And he couldn't feel it. And I said, that's okay. But I explained to him, I could feel my feet on, on the asphalt. It, it wasn't hot, but I still felt that it was spongy. Were, I looked, you, were, you, foot, were you shoeless? No. I, I had my shoes on. And yeah. it, it was just incredible. And I remember coming back into the house and thinking to myself, I must be crazy. How could yeah, you? Of have course thought? you are. Of yeah, course yeah. you are. But that's okay to be. It's good to be crazy. <laughs> well, and then I started getting my husband walking with me, and it was interesting the sensations we both had walking side by side. He saw something ahead of him, which was totally different from what I was seeing. And our dialogue became different. It wasn't, hey, I saw this. Why didn't you? It was, you know, I saw this beautiful reflection. And then he'd tell me what that meant to him. And then I could tell him, I saw these beautiful flowers. And we then realized it's okay to be different, but we can bring that together. And it sounds like that's what you provide, and especially to the men that you work with, by letting them know, you know, there's really no right or wrong. You've got to start balancing it. That's all. It's more, um, well, before I go into this, I would say try to do uh, grounding. Instead of what I do this all the time, it drives my girlfriend absolutely nuts. But I love to walk around without shoes on. Because there is such, there is um, negative, it, it's not energy as in spirit energy, but there is negative energy as in we're like a battery, right? We have positive and negative energy. And one of the, and one of the only ways to discharge your negative energy is to send it like the same way a current works. Your, your plug that you're, you're plugging your laptop in is always grounded in order to send the negative energy down to the earth. The same thing is true for you. So try to walk without shoes on if you think you're getting a connection right now by walking start walking without shoes on on especially natural surfaces not asphalt but dirt grass you'll see how you connect with this is this is really messed up how it plays with your head but just that will change the way that you feel about those walks it's absolutely amazing to be able to connect with the earth that's natural because if you look at running shoes they're all made out of rubber and it's one of the worst things that we can use because it blocks us from discharging that negative energy that we have in our body because it's rubber. Same thing for tires on a car. You can get struck by lightning. You're not going to get electrocuted because it's not grounded. So the car just absorbs it. But it's the same way for your shoes. Your shoes prevent you from releasing that negative energy into the ground. And people say, and I don't know if it's true or not. I've experienced it personally, but I don't know that the... Um, the scientific data behind it, but there is something extremely spiritual about being able to connect with the earth 
in a way that is natural, that is not forced. Because something as simple as walking, we all do this to a certain extent, but try to do it without shoes on and just connect with the earth. If you believe in that stuff, you'll see this will, uh, the effect that it's going to have on your brain is absolutely astounding. So you told me at the beginning that you are now traveling around the United yep. States. You're going down mm -hmm. to Mexico. I'm assuming this traveling was um, thought about in advance. Is that something that you just got in your car and started driving? 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I started thinking about it. I I had gone down to North. Uh, I had to gone down to South America. I was in... Um, uh, Costa Rica. I wanted to move down there. Uh, but I went down there and I met my ex-wife. She lived in Toronto. So I went back and I lived there for a few years, but the, the idea started about 10 years ago. And when, uh, COVID happened in Canada, there was massive, massive lockdowns in Canada. We weren't allowed to do anything anymore. And I decided about three years ago that it's not true that my government's going to tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm not a child. I don't need them to tell me I take extremely good care of myself. I don't need somebody to tell me what I need and what I should and shouldn't do. So I can't control. I, I'm very good at sitting down and saying, okay, what do you control? I don't control what they do. I don't control what people think. But I said, what do I control? I control that I don't want to be here anymore. What do I need to do? I needed to become independent financially. So I started building business. I, I figured out what I wanted to do. I started building businesses. And I knew that eventually I would leave Canada. I didn't know how it, the matter of doing it didn't matter. But when my girlfriend moved in with me, when I, cause my, we, we've been together for about two years now. Like we met, we were together for about a year ish. We weren't dealing with each other for about a year. And now it's two years straight. I would, yeah. Something like that. And we just had the idea, let's get an RV, let's start renting the house and let's just leave because we don't want to live in Canada anymore. We don't like where the country's headed. So we decided, let's figure out if there's a place in the US that we'd like to, to live in. Up to now, we love Tennessee. Tennessee was incredible. Favorite place right now in the US, Tennessee. Tucson, if you've never been to Tucson, Tucson is one of the most beautiful places I've seen in my life. Like not just in North America, but the mountains here, like it's desert. We have cactuses that are 20, 30 feet tall. As a Canadian, I've never seen that before. Then you have palm trees right next to it. And the mountains are surrounding Tucson. It's beautiful down here. But we're just looking for a place to see if we can call home. That's why we're traveling. And that's wonderful. You know, yep. not all of us have that ability, but even if you can't travel the whole United States or the whole uh, Northern continent, uh, you can travel outside of your little space, where that means to. going into the next community, uh, looking around, you know, do you really belong where you've been living all these years? Uh, and it's funny that, you know, you mentioned that because, my husband said he was never going to leave the Cleveland area. Never, never, never. And I said, don't say never. Um, yep. And now that, you know, our two sons don't live in Ohio with us. Um, we're looking as well. We're looking yep. to see, you know, what areas we've been to that maybe really 
are, are calling our name. And we don't know if it's going to happen, but I will tell you the journey of looking just opens our eyes more and we learn more and more. And that's what I'm hoping that our listeners are hearing today, that even though a lot of your messages for men, it still pertains to women. We have to figure out who we are. Um, and yes, we may be nurturers, but it doesn't mean that we have to give up our lives to nurture everybody who comes into our circle. And I did that for the first 50 years of my life. I, And that's when I sort of like broke down and said, I like helping people, but I haven't helped myself. I have a cut on mm -hmm. my finger and I haven't even put the bandaid on yet. Mm -hmm. This is always, I'm somebody that has a very big heart. I, I help people all the time. And although I probably get burned 90% of the time, I'll never stop trying. I always... I always believe in the good nature of people. I always believe that if somebody's given a chance that nobody else is ready to give him, that he's going to raise to the equation because that's what I did. I didn't get a, I didn't get up one day and starting my my journey by myself. There are certain people that have believed in me to a point where they gave me a chance and they saw something in me I've never seen before. I did not know was there, but to me, it's just about knowing how to protect yourself doing it because this is one thing that taken that's taken me a very long time is now i'm not disappointed that much in people when they don't rise they don't raise to the equation i'm just like you know what that says i cut the link right there it's fine i i did what i could he doesn't want to he doesn't want to help i can lead a horse to to water but i can't make him drink right so but it is about protecting yourself i think this is the number one thing is being able to kind of distance yourself from the people that don't deserve your help because this is harsh for most people to to know but i have no pity for that anymore if i want to help you and you don't want to help yourself like i'll give you an example around christmas we were in austin texas we we stayed there for a little while and i was at the gym and there was this young guy because i work out six times a week two hours a day like this is my one of my religions if you will this is something sure. i will never never change and it's been like that for 20 years so i'm at the gym and um there's this guy he's early 20s maybe 19 to 21 somewhere in there and it was the 24th yeah it was the 24th of, of december so we're at the gym we get out my girlfriend's there and she knows the look like he said something to me i don't remember exactly what he said but then i stop she looks at me she's like yeah that's fine because i'm the type that if i see uh, somebody that needs help i'm gonna stop to help them if i see a dog that needs that seems to be homeless we're getting a new dog like I, i'm the type of person that's like that she knows me very well and she's not surprised if i do these type of things anymore but i looked at the guy and i'm like uh so who are you spending the christmas with he's like nobody i'm here alone i just got here last week my family's all in uh close to virginia so not in georgia sorry so i'm like well man if you want we're we're not doing anything special but you're we're more happy than to have you Turns out that the guy was homeless, lived in his car. He was working at the gym to try because he just got there with no plans. I tried to help him for two weeks. I would include him in my podcast. He came with me recording. He was holding the camera for a lot of my stuff. I was giving him money, but turns out he's an addict. Turns out he was addicted to pills. So I confronted him because I let him stay at my place. Like he was staying on, in an RV on the couch. And 
I told him, I'm like, bro, this is not acceptable. If there's one thing I don't encourage is drug addicts and there's no way that I'm going to give you money to feed your habits, not going to happen. And he ended up losing his job at the gym that I met him because he was getting a high at work. So I confronted him and I'm like, bro, we did some research. Here are some programs that can fit that they're free. They're offered by the, by the state. We already talked to them. They would take you. It's just a matter of you calling them. And the job that I'm having you do right now will be there when you leave, when you come back, I will have you follow me in the country. We'll figure it out so that you can become my private videographer. And we're going to create a bunch of content together. Didn't want to do it, but I have no pity for that. Like at that point, if I, if he would have said yes, I would have taken care of him until he needed, until he, he didn't need me anymore. But because he he's like, I don't have a problem. I don't want to help. Like he got frustrated with me. I'm like, you know what, bro, just leave. This is, I don't accept this. So this is where I think I've learned over the past years is as much as I'm going to help people, there is a fine, there's a line drawn in the sand that I say no more. When before I would have caved in, I would have tried to help and help and help and help and help. Cause I did, as you said, he could have literally be cutting me with a knife. Like physically he's cutting me. I'm just bleeding out. Right. I'm just giving him everything that I got, but I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding, I'm bleeding. And I would have said just, you know what? This is my, this is my burden to carry. It's not, it's not your burden to carry. If somebody doesn't want to help themselves. They can, they can suffer. Cause I believe, I strongly believe that hitting rock bottom is exactly what he needs. That guy needs to suffer. He needs to be in a situation where he's facing his, his demons face to face and say, you know what? You're an asshole. You need to change. You're not good for yourself. You're not good. For, you're, you're toxic to yourself, to the people around you. And this right. is why you're in the situation that you're in. He needs to face that. And I can't help him. But you know what? That was two months ago. He could call me up right now and say, bro, I'm in, I, I finally heard what you had to say. Can you help me out? I'd pick up the phone and I'd help him out. We're not in the same state anymore, but I'd find a way to help him but he needs to suffer. I need, unlike before where I would have tried to avoid him suffer and take the sufferance myself so he doesn't have to go through it. Now I will be the first one to tell you, once you hit rock bottom, bro, once there's nothing more for you to do except admit that you're full of shit, contact me and we'll, I'll help you with everything that I got. I'll, I'll, I'll be there for you. Well, you know, that's the tough love that many oh, yeah. of us have been taught. Um, and it sounds absolutely horrific when it's happening, <laughs> but I will tell yeah. you, uh, um, I've seen how well it works um, because you have to be willing to take that step. Okay. Somebody can push you to the starting line, but if you don't step forward, you're not going to win the race. You're not going to even run the race. So, well, Nick, tell me, uh, and our listeners, how they can find you, the name of your book, uh, because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who could get some good information if they read it. Um, so the book is called Purpose. It can be found on Amazon. The audio book is all recorded. I'm just waiting for it to be approved by Amazon, but it's just a matter of time. Like I uploaded it yesterday, uh, last week. So within the next couple of weeks, the audiobook, the hard, the, the soft cover and the ebook, just look for purpose, Nico Lagan, and you'll find it. Um, 
you can find me on YouTube at Nico Lagan. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and um, TikTok at uh, Real Nico Lagan. I post a lot. Like I post like three, four times a day. So I'm uh, I'm very avid on social media. So I'm not that hard to find. But be ready for some information you might not like to hear. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, you know, for those of us who really need to make changes, yep. we are going to hear things that we don't like. You um, have to. And it's time to face, face it. Um, I just took... Um, a course this past summer in positive intelligence and mm. the things that I learned about myself, nobody had to tell me, but when all of a sudden it was there, um, I, I started making some better decisions because why was I saying yes when I should say no? And why was I saying no when I should say yes? And when I say should for me, for me yep. to be the best authentic self I could be. So I know we're going to learn a lot from you. I'm suggesting to our listeners, uh, they follow your podcast as well. All that will be in the show notes. And Nico, it's been so engaging this morning. I appreciate everything that you shared with us. Um, best of travels with your girlfriend i think that's yep. exciting and um we'll have to have you back on because i'm sure there's Anytime. more that we want to learn uh i i never shut up so i'm always yeah i just go on and on and on so anytime you want just let me know and i'll uh i'll always make the time for what matters very good have thanks a great for having day. me on yep same to you thanks for Take having care. me on sure bye-bye now